the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. We can talk about the key lessons from the internet bubble. 16 years ago, are they still viable today? We can talk about women still shorted on wages and on good jobs. The average female employee made a median of $726 a week. That's 81 cents for every dollar made by the median man. Oof. It's actually getting worse in the last couple of years. Men's Warehouse is closing 250 stores. Um, they're the company famous for buy one and get three free suits kind of shtick. Although the suits are basically made of paper, no thank you. Airline fees are all out of hand, so says one congressman, and he is introducing the Forbidding Airlines from Imposing Ridiculous Fees Act, or the Fair Fees Act. Oh, I love it. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Taco Bell is pushing the $1 breakfast, while many fast food companies are trying to get rid of the $1 breakfast, and they're trying to go two for two. Or two for five dollars, or five for four dollars. Um, Taco Bell saying, you know, hey, we see your pain, we see your struggle. We'll stick where we're, where we're good. Yo quiero Taco Bell. So, a breakfast taco with scrambled eggs and a choice of bacon or sausage and cheddar cheese for a dollar? How can they possibly do that? Cost of stamps is actually going to go down a penny this year. Yay! We win, we win, unless you bought the forever stamp at a higher price than you actually saw deflation in your purchase. Another 1 million homes regained positive equity in 2015. That's nice to see. With that said, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to a little financial planning chit-chat. Chad, joining me now, CFP Chad Burton talking fee-based financial planning and some other topics. What do we need to know about fee-based financial planning? Well, um, it's interesting. The term fee-based isn't really necessary uh, available to use by certified financial planner practitioners anymore. You're either fee-only or you're a combination, right? So you're either fee-only or you're not. <laughs> so um, fee-based in the past is somebody that did most of their work either by charging a fee for financial planning um, 
or uh, an hourly or flat fee for a financial plan or assets under management, so a certain percentage of ass, uh, fee on assets that they manage for the person. And every once in a while, if they had to deal with an insurance product or something like that, there would be there might be a commission involved, but should be fully disclosed. The whole idea of working with an advisor, you never want to work with, in my opinion, a commission-only advisor because they have to sell you something to get paid. Uh, fee-only advisor, that's great. You just have to say, are you a fiduciary? Can you actually sign a form or tell me that you are abide by the fiduciary standard, meaning you do everything you can in my best interest versus your best interest? So a lot of the people that charge fees but work with some of the larger firms that have specific funds and ETFs and stock portfolios that they kind of have to sell, they can't really say that they act as a fiduciary. So whatever the, the matter is, is you, you got to interview your financial planners. Make sure they're certified financial planner practitioners. Uh, find out exactly how they get paid. Have a clear understanding of that and be comfortable with it. Um, and then a lot of times they might be able to go out and even get you without a load, even good loaded funds, for example. So that's something that's confusing. Sometimes we'll be able to get into a fund, and it looks like an A-share fund, Rob, right, which p- people typically have to pay 5.75 to get into, big chunk off the top, which means they have to get, what, 9% or so to break even. Okay. But if people that uh, do fee-only financial planning and investment advice, you can get those funds without having to pay the load. So that's kind of nice, too. So it opens up one of the advantages of working with an advisor like that is that I'm kind of agnostic. I like some index funds. I like some ETFs. I like individual stocks that pay dividends. And every once in a while, if we find a fund that makes our fund screen, especially for the international or small cap side, but they, you know, most people have to pay a load, we can actually get into that type of a fund that has great returns or, or great risk management without paying a load because we have the advantage of being a, an advisor versus a, a retail investor. So that's a, how Z shares work and loaded funds and one of the advantages of a financial advisor. Yeah, there's kind of, though, you have to be careful because some advisors that are really kind of in in this limbo area where they're working for a firm and they're trying to really be fee-based, but they're kind of disguising themselves under certain types of shares. Some of them might be Z shares or C shares. A lot of times they'll go in, oh, yeah, there's no front-end load to get into these funds, and it pays me 1% a year or so, but the internal fees are actually much larger than an ETF or an index fund that, uh, you know, a person that actually is a fee advisor charges. So sometimes, you know, again, you got to put these things in writing and make sure the person's not getting any kickbacks from the mutual funds um, and that it is a true, clear relationship. Obviously, people need to get paid for what they do. And you want a good advisor that's fairly compensated for what they do. What you just need is the clarity around it. So there are certain types of funds that, they appear to be no load, but guess what? The fees are twice as high as a no load fund, and they're kind of kicking back 1% or so to the firm or the advisor. So you just got to be careful. Anything else that we need to know on this topic? Um, yeah, just just be comfortable. Um, a, a good relationship for the financial advisor, there should be, uh, you should be able to feel like you can tell them everything. Um, okay. A client that I recently turned down is because they just didn't feel like they wanted to give two years of their tax returns. They didn't feel like they wanted to talk about their estate plan and where they wanted their money to go. They're just like, um, no, we just kind of want you to do this, and, and if, if we like it later, we'll handle everything else. Well, if you don't feel comfortable with 
the relationship with your advisor, then get somebody that you are comfortable with because you have to be able to talk to him almost like a counselor. Good stuff. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. I do seminars with him all the time. There's good information at newfocusfinancial.com. There's downloadables. There's quizzes you can take to figure out your financial score. Check it out. That's CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. So you, you keep hearing about Uber and Lyft and how these so-called gig economy and sharing economy. What's interesting to note is if you take a look at any futurist reading, the industries that we're disrupting now are going to be disrupted again in 10, 20 years by robots. So a study that just came out predicts that logistic companies from companies like Uber to Amazon, maybe even companies like UPS, will soon replace drivers and delivery workers with autonomous vehicles and drones. Highly skilled workers such as lawyers and accountants no longer guaranteed jobs at big firms will be the new gig economy workers. The gig economy as we know it will not last. In the past few years, analysts and reporters have obsessively focused on transportation technology platforms such as Uber and Lyft and delivery technology platforms such as Instacart and the workers needed for those on-demand services. I passed a Lyft driver today. I'm like, ooh. Having read this study last night, I, being a Lyft driver is cute. <clears throat> You could certainly supplement income, but I, I would not look at it as a lifelong business. Anyhow, uh, one thing that we learned about the Internet bubble 16 years ago bursting, and something that we have to look at again and again and again, is that valuations ultimately matter. Um, the most important lesson that you learn in investing is learning how to compare two stocks. It may seem obvious but because year after year, we could see these tech startups come and go and come and come and come and come. You know, look at evaluation. At one point in time, Cisco had a PE more than 200 times its trailing 12-month uh, per share number. Today, it's around 15. That's the humbling reality of valuation matters. Black and your money on AM 1220 There's a lot of people who out there want to sell you the Wizard of Oz magic. I'll be very cautious on that. The Wizard of Oz magic saying. I have an app that will tell you when to buy, sell, or hold. Or I have software that you can put on your computer that when it goes green, it's time to buy. And when it goes red, it's time to sell. I would avoid the very high cost of market timing. Um, advice professional otherwise has not been in short supply ever. Um, your uncle, you know, who works as a stockbroker for LPL Financial. LPL Financial isn't all that in a bucket of chicken. It's a, a very low-end 
entry firm to making relationships with people that you suggest product for. It's not like a BlackRock, you know, a financial major institution. So advice is starting to sound like what's been, you know, dispensed typically by, you know, some of the survivalists. And there's a financial survivalist mentality, you know, buy gold, we're going to hell. Uh, Buy gold, did you just see what the ECB just did? That type of advice never, ever accounts for your age, your experience, your risk tolerance, your time horizon, your income. It just is selling fear. And it's unfortunate because I see it a lot. So I'm proud of buying in down market and not selling. So when do you get in? When do you get out? That's one of the big problems of market timing is all of us could look at the news today and say it's horrible. But the news was even more horrible six years ago, and then the market went on a a major seven-year run. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, you know, um, will correct, and it will go through horrible fits and and starts. For a longer-term investor, selling to avoid a potential loss is only half a decision. And ultimately, it's an unsuccessful one. You have to get back in. The fact remains that since 1928, a bear market, which is a drop of 20% or more, has occurred every three and a half years on average. A correction, which is a drop of 10% or more every other year on average. For a long-term investor, proper diversification among asset classes and other sensible strategies to manage volatility can potentially reduce downside during inevitable events uh, that are going to pull the market down. So proper diversification amongst asset classes is the way to go. Far more money has been made, has been lost by investors preparing for corrections or trying to anticipate corrections than has been lost in corrections themselves. I've been through numerous corrections and numerous bear markets and my portfolio had an all-time high six months ago. I'm good with that. Trying to guess when things go down is the wrong way to play the game. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Some headline stories you'll get, some of them you won't. And that's okay. I think you want to constantly be vigilant about studying, like the ECB and what they did. They cut the main refinancing rate to 0% from one half of 1%. They cut a marginal lending facility from 30 basis points to 25. Ultimately, 100 basis points equals 1%. They cut the deposit facility to negative 40 basis points from negative 30 basis points. So sending cheap money even more expensive if you hold it as a bank. They want money out there. They don't want it being cheap. So an expansion of monthly asset purchases uh, to 80 euro billion, 80 billion euros from 60 billion euros starting in April. It's going to run until March 17th or beyond if necessary. So the ECB, the E stands for easing. It also stands for European, but I think you get the idea that I'm not going to say this was not expected because some of it was, but the egregiousness and depth of it wasn't. Um, 
so goes easy monetary policy, has gone stock markets in the past five, six years. But that kind of stopped working about 12 to 18 months ago in the United States when we started going, I wonder when the Fed's going to raise rates. I wonder if it's going to be this year. I wonder It will be this year, we found out. Whoa, okay. So what are you going to do now, ECB? There's nothing left. Or we'll see if there's anything left. You'll be very creative if you pull it off. Um, so oil is, is the thing that's driving the markets at this point in time, not low interest rates. Earlier this morning when the ECB announced the cuts and the bazooka, the financial bazooka, Wall Street rallied on that. But then as oil came out and got weaker, now again, keep in mind, oil has essentially gone from 100 to 28, 28 to 39. Um, and there's been a lot of movement in between there, some of it sideways. But oil in the short term has had an amazing run. So it's time that some people are taking a little bit off the table, or maybe they're just seeing a little less demand, or they're seeing a little too much supply. It's tough to put a finger on exactly what moves oil on a day-to-day basis. Um, so oil's weaker today. Stock market has gone weaker now. Interesting to note. The Snapchat for professionals has one feature Snapchat users um, have been waiting for. So an undo send. So um, there's a new app called Confide, which is an off-the-record messenger, launched a message retraction feature. So doesn't it seem like we have, someone comes up with an app and someone comes up with a negative version of it, a younger version, an older version, and a more modern version, a version that's more anonymous, a version that's more uh, inclusive? Yeah, feels that way to me for sure. Obama's seeking broadband for 20 million more subscribers. Um, if there's one thing our poorer people in the nation could use would be access to the internet, I believe, is a good idea. Um, High-speed internet should, I'm not going to say should be mandatory, it should be a right, no. But the more people that have it, the more people are able to close what I would refer to as the homework gap. Um, People need access, kids need access to the web. So, in my opinion. So, so the White House has released a report outlining the economic effects of broadband adoption, focused on how families without broadband at home are at a disadvantage in finding jobs. Job seekers who search online find employment 25% faster than those who use traditional methods like newspaper classifieds. Newspaper classifieds. Oh, ho, ho. remember those? TV for sale. $25 OBO, or best offer. That's kind of gone the way of the dodo bird. A. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money 
on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. Joining me now, Christopher Siaccia. Chris Siaccia, tech editor for TheStreet.com. How are you, Mr. Siaccia? Good, Rob. How are you doing on this Thursday? I'm doing well. Uh, we're bracing for a big storm to hit the West Coast and uh, looking forward to it because I don't have to water my yard. Uh, but that's off topic. Let's talk about one of the topics that came up earlier this week, the NFL and Facebook. Uh, Facebook, in an interview with Variety, seems to be gung-ho and all-in about trying to get Thursday night football so they can stream it on their platforms. What's the what's the gist of this story? So Facebook is really kind of going after live streaming in a big way. Um, Mark Zuckerberg has talked about it, you know, pretty extensively. You said it's probably, you know, the thing that gets him most excited about in the near term. So Facebook is going at live streaming in a couple of different ways. You know, they're working with, you know, media companies um, to live stream, like, their news shows, like, you know, NBC or CBS or what have you. And then they're also going after, you know, different kinds of content. Um, they're actually paying celebrities to upload live videos and have live Q&As with their fans. Um so that they can get higher engagement because higher engagement means more time spent on the app or the website, and ultimately that leads to higher ad dollars. Um, and the same thing with you know the NFL content. If they go out and they are able to get um, the streaming rights for the Thursday night games, that's a huge boon for Facebook. I mean, they have a billion and a half users uh, using the product every month, but that keeps them engaged on the product for three hours every Thursday night. Um, for 16 weeks, so that's a big, big help for them that they can sell additional ad dollars to, or ad ads to uh, and generate additional ad revenue from. So that's something that both Facebook and the advertisers are uh, are kind of hoping works out. Let's take a little bit of a break and ask a kind of a hypothetical question. Do you think we're moving into the direction where Google and Facebook, maybe HBO Go, maybe uh, Apple TV? basically become the networks because even ESPN said earlier this week that they're thinking about thinking about improving the service getting the price right and potentially doing a standalone service without cable uh, premium packages I don't think I don't think we're going there I think we're you know pretty much already there at this point okay. um, obviously you know TVs TV channels have had their their issues over the past few years people are t- turning towards YouTube Facebook snapchat Instagram etc for their for their entertainment and that's where their eyeballs are um so this is the wave of the future and it's not slowing any down anytime soon in fact it's only going to get faster especially as advertisers continue to push towards you know digital places like youtube or or facebook you know next year uh, i saw a stat that said digital advertising will actually surpass TV advertising for the first time ever, and that's that's not going to slow down. People aren't going back to TV, you know, in the way that we used to watch TV 10, 15 years ago. Um, so all these the services that you mentioned, you know, Netflix, HBO Go, HBO Now, too, which is you know their standalone service, and services like that. That is the wave of the future because people don't want to pay this huge $150 cable bill a month um, when they can get you know five or six different channels for maybe half the price point or maybe even you know a little bit more and then they have all the other services that they have so this is this is where we're going and this is where we're already at and it's worthy to note that facebook is working on virtual reality pretty aggressively 
if you blend virtual reality with the NFL, and instead of watching just an NFL broadcast, you're watching it from the 50-yard line, and you've got fans surrounding you, it could be a nice step for television to get away from its old formula and try to figure out some new ways to entertain us going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're in a tech revolution. We have been, you know, I would say probably for the past, you know, 10 or so years, um, you know, with new products, new software and services coming out seemingly almost daily. And VR and virtual reality, as you just mentioned, is probably the next big platform for the way that people consume their content and watch and are entertained. Um, So if, you know, these content companies can offer – content on virtual reality headsets that's not nauseating and doesn't get them sick and allows them to be to be in the headset for more than an hour then that's really something that you know they really have to look at and say this is something that we need to do um because otherwise a competitive ours is going to do it and we're going to be left behind and when a company gets left behind it's really hard for it to come back Living in the Bay Area, I know a lot of people get super excited by Apple events where they announce something, and they have one coming up March 21st. No one seems to be excited. What's going on? <clears throat> well, it's it's a question of, well, you know, the, the, the iPhone that they're supposed to announce is not that big of a deal. It's basically just a little bit of an upgraded iPhone 5S. It'll have Apple Pay. It'll have... Um, you know, an updated processor, better camera, you know, the ability to take live photos. So it's it's not really catered towards, you know, the U.S. market because the price point is going to be a lot cheaper than what we've seen from Apple in the past. It's really going to be catered towards, um, you know, foreign and emerging markets, especially places like India where they want Apple products, but they can't pay the full price, you know, full 700 or $800 for an iPhone but they can pay $500 for a phone, um, and Apple still keeps its margins high. So, you know, from, an, from a domestic, you know, standpoint, you know, the excitement isn't that high, but, you know, from a shareholder standpoint, you know, the new iPhone plus, you know, a new smaller iPad Pro and accessories for the Apple Watch are probably the best thing for Apple in the long term as they continue to figure out where they're going to take the car and the, and the watch and, and even, you know, their virtual reality plans uh, over the next couple of years. So these are kind of intermediate things that Apple can do to keep growing revenue, but it's not the, the big pizzazz that Apple's been known for in the past. I've been saying for a couple of years now that Jeff Bezos seems to be the most innovative person on Wall Street in the tech sector, uh, whether it's Amazon Web Services. Who knew they were doing it? Then suddenly they were doing it big time. Um, the Echo is a speaker that you can talk to. Sonos doesn't have a speaker you can talk to. They seem to be cutting some good edge as far as product goes. Um, Blue Origin, though, the space travel, is there a, anything tied towards Wall Street there that we really want to know? Or do you see for something right, there? For right now, this just seems to be um, catered you know, towards the private sector. It's not going to be anything where – if you're a Jeff Bezos fan and an Amazon shareholder, you're going to be able to buy stock in Blue Origin um, anytime soon. This is something that, you know, this is really, really far out um, before it even thinks about becoming a publicly traded company, probably at least 20 years, if not more. Um, they're just going to start to do uh, trips to space for, for wealthy passengers in the next couple of years, and that's a maybe. That's only if the rocket tests 
uh, are successful next year. So this is definitely something that um, is worth keeping an eye on and in the back of your mind. But if you're an investor, this isn't something that you're going to be able to go out and buy, you know, Blue Origin or SpaceX, which is uh, the competitor that Elon Musk runs uh, anytime soon. But it's definitely something that there may be uh, some kind of alternate, you know, ways to play it, whether it's, um, you know, deals with a publicly traded company um, or some kind of product that comes from, you know, these uh, space trips. But going out and buying stock in these companies is not going to happen anytime soon. I'm with you on that. Um, let's wrap up with the article that you just put together, the seven best Apple products ever, including the Apple Watch. Let's um, you can do a quick top seven for us if you can. So I took a, you know, a very uh, not uh, – I didn't do a whole lot of surveying on this. This is basically my opinion uh, on some of the things that I feel like Apple's done over the past you know, 30 or 40 years that have really changed the computing industry. Um, and it really all started with the Apple II. That basically brought you know, the graphical user interface that we see today um, and made it mainstream – so the Apple II, and then you've had products like um, the iPhone and the iPad, um, and really the iPhone 5S most recently, as along with the Apple Watch, um, have really been you know some of their best products that they've ever put out. There were a couple duds here and there, you know, like the Newton, um, but Apple's really been pretty lucky in the n- number of products that it puts out and in the number of hits it has, you know. They say in baseball, a 300 batting average will get you to the Hall of Fame, but Apple's batting average is way higher than 300 when it comes out when it comes to its products. So, you know, you can take a look at the list on on the street.com and go through all of them and pick which ones are your favorite. Or if you have others that you know you like, you can leave the comments. But you know, products like the Apple II or you know the iPhone 5S or the Watch are some of the, my favorites that Apple's ever put out. It's interesting because they are a cult favorite fan kind of a product-driven company. And I think a lot of um, people right now, Chris, are, are saying, you know, should Kim, Tim Cook still be there? It's it's easy to go from cult favorite to you're on your way out. But thanks for joining us today. It's Chris Siaccia with TheStreet.com. It's Chris Siaccia with TheStreet.com. Samsung has a new phone out that's getting rave reviews. Will it be enough to break the the cult of personality, the 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 dominant product brand that Apple has, um, or will it be like the last phone that came out that was great that really never lived up to expectations? Anyhow, and anyway, you can find Chris at thestreet.com. It's thestreet.com. Great website, lots of content to go through, um, sometimes towards investing, sometimes towards trading. Uh, a lot of good articles there tied towards tech as well. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find Chris at thestreet.com.
Bob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Cost of stamps is supposed to go down on April 10th, right before tax day. When a lot of people use letters and send letters off to the post, uh, to the, the mail system. Did you hear what I said, though? The cost of stamps is supposed to go down. It hasn't gone down since 1919, almost a century. See, what happened was a couple years back, there was an increase that was supposed to be temporary. It was supposed to bring in $4.6 billion in surcharges, and it's supposed to expire on April 10th. And thus, the cost of the stamps should go down, because they were kind of artificially pushed up back then. $0.49 cents down to $0.47 cents is the expectations on letters. International letters, a buck twenty down to a buck fifteen. Postcards, $0.35 cents down to 34 Now, what I find fascinating, and this shows you how my level of... Uh, I, I don't really care for Sherlock on television. Like I, I don't find any like that's a brilliant show. Um, but our government makes the post office self fund itself, and yet our government, Congress, makes business decisions for the post office. That seems inane to me. <laughs> I don't know if it seems inane to you, but it seems inane to me. Soda pop has collapsed in consumption. We've gone from 53 gallons per capita at peak in 1998 to 41 gallons per capita in 2014. And what's interesting is our government is voting on a new two-cent soda tax. And that's great because people probably shouldn't be drinking sugary drinks. Um, With that said, we've already seen demand collapse. Our government loves to tax things that are sins. Because we can go, well, you could drink water. Or you don't have to smoke. Um, alcohol, you know, you could drink water. But we love to tax. We love to tax anything that we can get our hands on as far as uh, sins go. Because it's easy to sell. You know, you look like a good guy stopping people from hurting themselves. Versus looking like a bad guy. And who wants to look like a bad guy? Not me. So the ECB lowered rates. And they did some other things. Buying assets. And the markets are lower. Telling you that. It wasn't instantly. Signed, sealed, delivered. Like this is great for the economy. So. Um, you're seeing the S&P 500 down 8. The Dow down 92. The Nasdaq down 26. One of the things that we saw about the recent elections, it's pretty telling on one of our trade deals. Michigan voted for Bernie Sanders over Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton's husband, Bill Clinton, helped set up NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Act. And a lot of our manufacturing of cars and trucks went to Mexico. Now, I'm not going to get into a big, you know, winners and losers kind of thing here, but Michigan wants the car industry to stay in Michigan. And I think that was a pretty telling vote that a lot of people don't think NAFTA is working, that the free trade is not helping us as much as it's helping other countries. And that's a big political issue right now, big political issues, because the car companies can't make cars as cheap as you can make them in, in Mexico. And in the end, car companies want 
you know, the highest cost of business is labor. So for most businesses, it's labor. Now, again, there's some businesses probably not where it's labor, but I'm trying to do a radio show here. So a couple things that I'll, I'll throw out there. Um, we continue to watch the political season because of that very same thing. So Trump would probably not be good for the dollar, <laughs> to say the least. He would not be good for free trade. So um, we'll see. Perceptions sometimes are a lot worse than realities. So some of the best jobs for your future. I was reading some of the top jobs, and I was a little surprised by some of them um, and how little they pay maybe. But like a physician is pretty high on the list. Um, a lot of components tied towards computers and IT and management of IT, app developer, market research analyst, dental hygienist, uh, personal financial advisor, civil engineer, a brick mason. So pretty interesting. But um, an area that's going to see some job growth, too, like an operations research analyst. Now, what do they do? So businesses are constantly under pressure to do things better, faster, and cheaper, thus the operations research analyst. And you're going to see a lot of growth in that sector. Average salary, median salary, $78,000 a year. Dollars. Um, dental hygienist, median annual salary, 74000 Job growth is about 21% year over year. People in the oral health field have a great deal to smile about. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. Isn't that funny? Um, number of dentists and dental assistants expected to increase about 12% and 16% respectively over the next 10 years. So a dental assistant, hygienist will clean teeth, take x-rays, educate patients on proper care. Uh, I get it. It makes total sense, right? A medical sonographer, a sonogram, um, afraid of going under the knife, non-invasive procedures to check out your insides are you know, very popular with hospitals and patients at this point in time. The less on a knife going you have to go through, the less cost towards the insurance company. Taking a look at some of the other stories out there today. Um, collapse in oil, uh, again weakening after it rallied up to 39-ish. It's pulled back to about 37 and a half. Um, as goes oil, so goes the box office, it seems, or so goes the stock market. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Tweet me at Rob Black Show. YouTube me, Rob Black Show. Take care. Talk to you soon. Good day. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.